Hey, hey, and welcome to The 40s Formula, your go-to place for insightful discussions on navigating the 40s and thriving in this transformative decade. We're your hosts, Jasmine and Amanda, two women that are passionate about exploring the challenges and adventures that come with turning 40 and what lies ahead. Our guest today is Sharina Sharoff Mantram, a dynamic and highly experienced coach with Sheen's Image Consulting. Sharina holds certification in image consulting, life coaching, and positive psychology. She's the founder of Getting to Happy, a mental health movement dedicated to promoting happier and more mindful lives. Her global perspective, diverse background, and passion for helping others shines through in her work. Sharina is also a mentor and advocate for mental well-being, making a difference in the lives of young people and corporate women transitioning into motherhood. Today, she joins us to explore the pursuit of happiness and what it truly means to be happy. Welcome, Sharina. It's so great to have you here. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. But firstly, I want to say I absolutely love the name Getting to Happy. I feel like it resonates with so many people. You know, who doesn't want to be happy? Everybody wants to get to that point. So... How can someone get to happy? Well, I think when we talk about happiness, it's such a vague concept. It's it's something that we all want. But how do we get there? We just have to firstly realize that it is within our control to be happy every day. Um, I think when we're younger or I think the, you know, the old way of thinking is I'm happy if I get this or I'm happy if I have a baby or if I find the right partner or if I get a promotion or if I make more money or I get this house. And I think as we become older and realize what's truly important and what brings happiness to our lives, that it is the small things every day that we can do that make us happy. So the first thing is probably acknowledging that it's within our control to be happy. I love that. I think it's really important. I think a lot of the times we always put it on, you know, that it's something else that's going to make us happy. But, you know, what you're saying. Yeah, someone else. But the fact that you're saying it's us, you know, we can only make ourselves happy. Absolutely. Was there a moment in your sort of past or something that got you to a point of transition? Like, was there a point where you felt, hold on a minute, something needs to change? There's something that triggered this journey of getting to happy? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, people ask me that all the time. Um, well, funnily, my name means joyful and happy. And I definitely was not a joyful and happy person <laughs> when I was young. As a young person, absolutely not. No, you know, very little confidence. Couldn't even say my name in a group. Um, you know, peer pressure. Um, just not understanding that happiness was anywhere near me or that I even deserved it or that I could have it or get it. Um, so it definitely wasn't that person. Um, and then as I became older, I became, you know, I certified as a life coach, which I think changed a lot of ways in which I thought about things. Um and then when I had children, well, getting pregnant was very difficult for me. I think it was probably started at that time. Getting pregnant was really tough for me. I found out in my early 20s I could never get pregnant naturally. Um, I had to do IVF. I had atopic pregnancies, miscarriages, and finally blessed with two annoyingly wonderful children. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it was at that time trying to see the silver lining and being able to do something like IVF instead of feeling sorry for myself. So changing that mindset of, I get to do IVF. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. I'm super duper duper lucky. And I think it was that first big challenge in my life of changing mindset. Um, And then obviously that made, you know, 
me develop as a person, I think, um, be more grateful for things, and then really moving into this as a life coach. And then during COVID, of course, um, right at that time was when I launched Getting to Happy because I realized when I was working with my clients, uh, corporate clients mostly, and they would tell me, okay, Sharina, let's talk about this today. And can you give this workshop? I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to teach people how to be happier because only when they're happy can they be good employees, can they work, or even as a student. You know, forget about getting the right grades. If you're happy, you'll try. Mm. If you're happy and you've got friends, you'll be all right as a student. But if you're not happy, nothing works. So which, happiness, again, is a very broad broad thing, what is happy. But um, that's, the, that's the point, that you've got to work and put all these things together to be a happier person. So that was during the COVID time. And I love what you said, Sharina, about if you're happy, you'll try. Because I think there's an element of fear of failure Mm -hmm. that holds people back from being happier people. And I think that truly happy people can fail and realize that that's not something that makes you unhappy. That's something that actually moves you into more happiness because you tried. Totally. And I was such a fearful person. I wouldn't do anything. Like I was such a scaredy poke, I can't even tell you. And that's exactly it. And now I realize that I'll do anything I'll say anything. I'm not afraid. And that's happiness. Like knowing you can stand back up is happiness. So people ask me, oh, happiness means you're happy every day. I'm like, oh, hell's no. Yeah. I'm definitely not happy. Right. Happiness day. and toxic positivity need to be dis- you know, distinguished. It's not just seeing the bright side in everything. It's no. being able to persist through times that are trying, I think. Yes. It's yeah. when you're down. Can you stand back up? Absolutely. I love that. You know, like I find when I was um, pregnant with the twins, I found out firstly I was having twins and then I was having two boys. (laughs) And I went into this weird point in my life because I was desperate for a daughter. um, Mm. And then when I found out it was two boys, every time somebody picked it, like mentioned it, I would start crying (laughs) because I felt... I felt like, you know, my life wasn't going to be how I had imagined it. You know, I had this great relationship with my mom and I wanted that. And I saw that my husband came from a family of all boys and I was like, God, I'm going to be in the kitchen and (laughs) the boys are going to be watching TV. I'm going to be excluded. And then I think I was like, like just I hooked onto that concept of I need a daughter. I need a daughter. And then sort of the whole time I was fixated on having a daughter I was not really thinking about my boys and then one day it just occurred to me it was in my mind like shit what am I doing I've got these three amazing boys who are absolutely healthy and I'm like thinking about this concept of something that may never happen or if I did have a daughter is she even going to like me you know because that could happen you know you might not even have a relationship so I just it was just like a switch that went off in my head and it just changed everything and from that moment I felt content you know content with what I had and content with with like my situation and I feel like is that something that a lot of people kind of need to distinguish like the difference between being content and being happy well can I just take a step back to what you were thinking about like you know when we we have a situation but we dream about a situation that could be or something in the future and that's really scary yeah You know, if we allow ourselves to think what if or, you know, for the future, I I mean, our brains can wander into such a vast, scary space. So, you know, what I I do say about being happy is just today, just focus on today. And I think before, like when we were younger, we went to school or even in our, you know, early careers, it was all, what's your five-year plan and your 10-year vision? And you're like, I have no idea. And COVID kind of taught us that it's just today. So, you know, being pregnant with, you know, twins, twin boys. I mean, that's a beautifully scary at the same time thought, but it's, if you thought about it in the moment and like, I'm so lucky, 
Yeah. I don't have one. I have two. Two healthy? It sounds better than nothing. Yeah, 100%. So I, versus the future. And, and that's what I tend to see what people, t- you know, talking about you know, happiness is it's not tomorrow. It's not the day after. And it's not yesterday. It's right now. So I think that's another way that we can just be just very present and increase happiness like that. I think that's great, you know, and I think most people do always sort of visualize how they want their life to be, but then yeah. they miss what's actually happening now. Yes. So, so for women who are sort of, you know, in their 40s, how does or does the concept of happiness change for them, like compared to their younger years? Hmm. I can only speak from experience because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just entered this decade. Well, well for you then, how, yeah. how, how does it feel? So how has your sort of concept changed from how you were, say, in your 20s and your 30s hmm. to how it is now? I think it's about purpose. I think all, you know, purpose and meaning of life and all that is not, wasn't very important to me in my 20s and 30s. I was really thinking about starting my family diapers, playdates, school, raising children that were, you know, studying hard and happy and my home, building a home. So I think those were my priorities when I was younger. And I think moving into, and I was talking to my husband about this this morning, I said, really, for him, he's 45, and for myself, I'm 40. I said, now it's purpose. And I literally was, I didn't know this question, you were going to ask this, but it was him and I were just talking about it because he's had some life changes now recently too. And I'm like, this is when we can think about purpose. We're lucky now. It's not about like, okay, our home is there. The kids are there. Now it's purpose. Like, what am I doing every day? So I think that the 40s, 50s is about what I can do um, based on the resources that I have. It's not about, you know, I felt like 20s was like hustling, 30s was babies and (laughs) getting all that together. And now it's purpose, meaning what can I do with my life? What's important to me? What makes me happy? Where can I say no? Where should I say yes to? And it's funny you say that because I think after I had kids, I went through this point in my life. I was like, what am I doing? You know, I'd see women who were being mums and then working hard and they were like, they were doing everything. And I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where am Mm. I? And, you know, I think finding that purpose, like what is it that drives you is so important. And it took me a while to get there. Mm -hmm. And now that I feel like I'm there, and I don't know if it's coincidental that I've sort of got there, you know, as I got into my 40s, but I feel like, you know, my life is how I want it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't feel like, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I Mm -hmm. had that. It's just, you know, I'm happy with what I've got now. And, And I think just appreciating what you have is is quite important. You know, as obviously as women, a lot of women have so many different roles. You know, they're mums, they're working, they're sisters, they're wives. How does somebody sort of juggle everything and maintain that sort of contentment and purpose in their life? I think that is purpose. Having all those things is your purpose. And you're supposed to be busy and feel all out of place and that, that there's not enough hours in a day. There aren't. But how lucky are you to have so much on your plate that there aren't enough hours in the day? I love that. I love that you've flipped it, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's all sort of mindset, isn't it? It's everything. It is. It's how you look at something. It is. And, and when, when times are hard or when we're younger and it's not, I mean, in your 20s, if I met someone who's like, you know, what's my purpose? I'd say, just forget about it. Let's just, just don't think about it. You're not supposed to have a purpose in your 20s. It's all right if you don't know. Don't worry. It'll come at the right time. Yeah, I think 
you know, it really hit me when you said about your purpose. And one of our previous guests was talking about her identity kind mm. of solidifying in her 40s. And I think mm-hmm. what those two things have in common is this freedom from expectation yeah. in your 40s yeah. and this freedom from uncertainty. You know, what you said, Jasmine, it's like you have your family. It's finished. Yeah. You mm. have your partner. It's finished. Yeah. You don't have to have that that knowing uncertainty and what if and wonder that you have in your 20s and again that's what's great about your 20s is that potential is endless possibilities could be anything correct but what's kind of reassuring in your 40s is that you know the answers there is no more what if how many kids will i find a partner now it's like you get to explore these parts of yourself that you might not have had access to in your 20s and 30s because you were too full of what ifs so it sounds to me and correct me if i'm wrong that women maybe are positioned to reach happiness levels in their 40s that they maybe couldn't even get to in their 20s and 30s. Do you find that that's possible? Well, I think you could, you're still happy in your 20s and 30s, but it's a different kind of... It's not a... Yeah, I, I, I like what you just said. It's true. Like, was I as happy as I am now in my 20s and 30s? No. Um, but I also feel like that's, that's okay. I'm glad I didn't have it all ready and set then. Um, maybe you're very blessed if you figure it all out quite early. But I think it's the building blocks in the 20s and 30s, like building foundation, making mistakes, um, trying different you know, things in your career or whether it's with your children or your partner, figuring it all out, make mistakes, go to the end and come back. And then maybe 40s and 50s is solidifying all the things that are important. Yeah. Maybe. I love that message though. So if we do have listeners that are under 40, yeah. make mistakes and live your yeah. life. Yes, oh, absolutely. It's such power in those words and in allowing younger women to do that. Oh, We're I, so afraid I, yes. of not stepping on toes, not messing up, not disappointing someone. Not trying. <laughs> True story. That's what I say to my boys. I always say, you either win or you learn. Like there's no losing here. Mm, and if you that. don't if you don't get what you want out of it, you'll learn from it and you'll do better next time. I think my boys are at the point where, you know, they are they get worried, like, oh am I what if I lose? I don't want to lose. And I'm like, there's never losing. It's just learning, you know. And That's I think awesome. It, I love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to somehow coach my kids sometimes. <laughs> yeah, understood. What would you say to a woman who's in that point in her life, maybe a transitional period, whether it's, you know, um, going back to work after having a baby or getting into her 40s and they're feeling unsettled. How would you how would you try to sort of make her realize what her purpose is during during a transitional period in her in her life? I think the conceptualization of that purpose will come to anyone at their, their specific time. Everything falls into place at the right time for you. Maybe your purpose only comes at 50. Maybe it comes at 20. So I don't. I think it's just being patient, leaving things up to the universe to being able to see that too. So I do believe that the, the, there is some power that you know puts the stars aligned for you at the right time. Um, but it's also faith in that. So even if things don't go your way, it's this is meant to be. I'm learning from it. So I always say like, you know, what's what, what's the silver lining? What are you learning from this situation? You haven't lost your learning, which is what you just said, Jasmine. Um, but just trust in the process. It will come at the right time. And ask yourself, like, is my brain in the right place? Am I thinking about this in the right way? So if you start feeling frustrated, just give yourself some time. Yeah. 
And do you find that clients come to you as a coach during certain recurrent types of periods? Like, do you see women coming to you at X time, going through a divorce, let's say, or just having had a baby, let's say? Or do you Mm -hmm. find that there's a recurrent theme of needing happiness that Mm -hmm. you see with your clientele? Yeah, well, I'm a maternity coach as well. So I work with uh, women who, mostly in corporate, who who get pregnant. I handhold them during their leave. And I help them reintegrate back into the workforce. So that's the majority of my clients. And I love that phase. And it's a tough phase. <laughs> you know, having gone through difficulty getting pregnant and having my kids, I think that that's one of the biggest group of women that are coming to me and asking for advice. And it's so unfair because so much of it is our bodies. And, you know, both of you are experts in this um, versus myself when it comes to things that you cannot control in your body after you give birth. I mean, you can do a million things and go for a walk and be outdoors and practice gratitude and, you know, uh, be mindful and meditate. But there are things that are just happening within yeah, you. But that you still you have a control. four finger separation in your abdominal cage. <laughs> so what you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So I feel like there's control and out of control. And yes, you can do the things that are within your control. But, you know, after you give birth, there are things that are happening to your body and it sucks. You can't control it. And then you have to work and you have to stay up late and do calls and travel and go. And that, I find, is a really hard place for women. So, yeah, I'm sure you guys have advice on that as well. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I am that woman, right? I'm yeah. in that moment. I am, you know, with child. Yeah. <laughs> and also now, you know, looking down my third postpartum journey. So yeah. I, I definitely can empathize with how yeah. women in this exact stage of life are struggling to find that happiness. So, Shrini, you've got two kids. And obviously, when a parent is of talking to their kids, you know, it's always in through one ear, out through the other. How do you show your kids, you know, a, you know how can you teach them? How can they be happy mm. without, you know, them being like, oh, mom, here she goes again. You know, how do you... My kids of, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how can you show your kids without obviously specifically telling them mm. you should be happy and content with what you've got? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that question. Awesome. So I think with happiness or anything that you want to do in your life and make changes, you have to be consistent. You both know that with your clients. If you're going to go to the gym once a week or once a month, Ain't nothing going to happen to you. Ain't going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to come out a fit person. No. (laughs) So happiness is the same. So um, tools that we do every day as a family. Also, on the other side is there are so many parents that come to me and say, you know, I do so much for my kid. They're so ungrateful. Teach them to be grateful. I'm like, what do you do in your family every day? Or parents who want their kids to lose weight or be more fit. I'm like, as a parent, what do you do? What example do you show? So Happiness is the same thing or mental well-being is the same thing. So in our family, we have consistent things that we do. So, you know, always going outside for exercise, like being outdoors. We don't use a lot of tech in the house. Um, I don't really watch very much TV. And it kind of filters down. My kids love to watch TV, but they're, you know, they just have things that they've implemented. Like the TV is never on in the daytime. It's only on it maybe at night on the weekends. Um, so we're examples of that. Um, what else? Gratitude is a huge one. That's life-changing. It's the best thing ever. So if you can practice gratitude with your kids. So as soon as my kids were born, Lara's 14, almost 14, the day she was born... Um, you know, I not the day she was born, when she came home putting her to bed at night, I would say in her baby voice, oh, I'm grateful that I slept through the night. I'm grateful that I'd finished my bottle of milk. And then I would say it as a mom, I'm grateful that I get to hold you in my arms because I waited for you. Or I'm grateful that I bought a muffin and it was delicious today. <laughs> <laughs> Something small. Because if you're looking at the day, I mean, there's not a bazillion things. 
Um, but there are wonderful things every day. So I would say it, and as my kids learn to speak, they say it as part of their bedtime routine after their prayers. They, they, they say three things. And what it does is, no matter how crappy a day you've had, there are still things that you can be grateful for. What does that do? It builds resilience. It, you know, we have growth mindset, positive mindset. What, that's what we want. So happiness is, is that, right? It's, it's learning those things. You can still have bad days, but being able to see the silver lining, being strong about it, trying your best, not being scared, being brave, all those things. With getting to happy, the reason why I made it into cards as well with a stand is that I thought that all the things that increase well-being and happiness, we know them. They're not my science, you guys. <laughs> it's all out there. I'm not, I'm not claiming it. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Here I was thinking. <laughs> magic pill. Yeah. So it's all there. But we, are, we forget what to do. So going back to with my kids, the kids' card set. You take one card, you put it up on a stand, you look at it, maybe it's, you know, write a letter. Yesterday, my daughter wrote a letter to um, the horse that she rides, which was you know, being very naughty with her. And she was angry, frustrated. And she wrote a letter to him and she was bawling her eyes out about how grateful she was that she had him teaching her all these life lessons and resilience because, you know, he kept throwing her off and being being awful. So write a letter was a card is a card. Um, practicing gratitude daily is a card. Exercising, getting fresh air and we don't say meditating in the kids set, we say take a breath. I love that. We don't need to do such big, scary things. We can just remind them that there are small things they can do every day. Cleaning up your room. If you don't want to tell a kid why, you know, science can show you that when your room is clean before you go to bed, you sleep better, etc. Well, they don't want to do it. Mom, stop telling me to clean my room. Clean up your room. I don't want to clean up my room. But why when you go to sleep? Do you want better sleep? Do you want to be better tomorrow morning? Do you want to, you know, do better in school? And you know, have better conversations and make better choices? Well, clean up your room so you get good sleep and all that will happen. So small things like that. I love that. So what I started implementing with my eldest son, who unfortunately has got a bit of a fixed mindset, but I'm trying to show him that, you know, it's not, you can change, you can, you can grow, you can, you don't have to be where you are, you can improve on whatever you're doing. And uh, we started sending out a prayer to the universe because although I was um, born into a Sikh family, I'm not particularly religious. So I thought what I'll do is I'll do like this universe prayer with him. You know, dear universe, um, I'm thankful for what I'm thankful for, you know, my family, my, uh, my kids, my husband, my parents. You know, we send another prayer to somebody who needs it. So at the time, my son had a bit of an injury. So I'd say, I'd like to send some love and thoughts to Kyan so that he, you know, recovers faster. And then also just send out there, what do I want? You know, what would I like to achieve? And it's not, I want a new video game or I want this toy. But, you know, I would like to improve on my piano playing just so that it's on the forefront of his mind so he's thinking about you know if I'm sending out to the universe I will get better at the piano but that also requires me to practice and and stuff and you know it took him a while to sort of get his head around it because you know we would be like I want this Pokemon game or I want this but I would then go back and be like no it's what do you want to achieve and then you know he enjoyed that then it'd be times where if I forgot and he'd say to me mommy are we going to pray today I'm like oh I love it. I love the fact that he has brought it up himself. Consistency for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that in what both of you are saying, you know, my kids are the youngest, I think, of the three of us here. And so, you know, when I think of happiness for them, it's so inherent, you know, like their whole spirit is happiness. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) the idea that 
we want to start practicing happiness, mm-hmm. I think is amazing because I think yeah. I'm taking it a bit for granted now that they just wake up happy because they're two years old and you know they have Spider-Man sheets. Whereas I think the act of practicing happiness yes. is something that we definitely need as we get older. Oh, yeah. So why not start it at this age? And, yeah. and like what you said is say something out loud and have them repeat it. I love that. Or have a ritual that is connected to bedtime that then they have to look forward to every day. I think that's something that as a mom of small kids, I can definitely start doing now. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's so, so, that's so sweet. And and I think also we have to also, and as your, your kids are young, but as they become older too, um, we have to teach them why doing this will help them. Like, you know, when we talk about like meditation, for example, nobody tells you the science of how your brain actually changes. Well, if you if you knew that, we'd all be meditating. Mm. It's incredibly powerful. But we always say like, oh, I got to be in my Lululemons doing yoga and then I'll meditate. No, you don't. But it's education. It's actually putting in the effort, understanding why. So as the kids become older, I think that's, you know, that's important. And Jasmine, back to your point about, you know, your kids doing a prayer out to the universe. Um, One of the cards we have is goal of the day, which is similar. So, you know, parents use it in the morning before school. The card's there and it's like, okay, just think about one thing today. Make, you know, be a better friend to X person or appreciate the school lunch because you get to get school lunch. Otherwise, I'm going to give you some broccoli from the house. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly that. You know, there's, there's a goal of the day and and intention setting for adults. Like when I wake up in the morning, I do the exact same thing as you do with your son. Before I touch my phone, um, I just think about my day. It could be a personal thing, a professional thing. And I just say, okay, I'm going to give, my intention is to, you know, have an awesome podcast session with you guys was my intention this morning. Or it's, you know, finish my meeting early so I can watch my daughter horse ride today or enjoy my night out with my girlfriends. Just setting an intention, same thing. But what does it do? It actually increases motivation. You feel a rush of endorphins when you create a goal. So that's a great way to start their day, too. Yeah. And I love that your intentions and goals are already positive, right? It's like, I'm going to have an awesome podcast. Not like, I hope I do well on that podcast. You know, it's like you have already mastered the art of positive intention. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that so many people struggle with, Mm -hmm. you know, that the act of happiness is an action. You know, it's something that you choose to, you know, in your words and your thoughts and your actions, because obviously, so I consider myself a cognitive behavioral coach, right? So I'm all about taking action and a little bit of fake it till you make it. Totally. (laughs) There is power in choosing words that are more positive, even if you don't feel that way, or even something like where there is a level of uncertainty. Will I do well today? I don't know, but I will do well today (laughs) is how you express that. You know, you get through that uncertainty by faking it a bit. And I think that's... That is so, so powerful. And Were you useful. always like that, Amanda? I think so. I was not. I think I was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it take. I mean, for those of people out there who think, well, you know, maybe Amanda was born like that. She's super lucky. Yeah. It's like, well, you might not be born like that, but it takes effort. Yeah. yeah. It still takes effort, though. It still takes effort. And I think there is, as like a lifelong happy person, I think there is almost like an expectation. Like Amanda could never be sad because Amanda is always happy. Same. So there's, yeah. you know, there's That's that kind of think, different yeah. journey as well. How would you say, or how could you um, help women who are sort of in a relationship, strengthen their relationships to ensure that they are able to feel happy within their, whether it's, you know, with their partner, with their parents, with their kids, even their sort of social network. So how important are these relationships in contributing to your happiness, I guess? I mean, we're, we're social creatures. We need our, the community around us. I think it's surrounding yourself, number one, with the right kind of people that keep you positive. Number two, accepting that maybe sometimes you can't choose the relationships that you're in. 
parents, siblings, that kind of thing. Um, and then spinning it and saying, well, am I lucky I just have them? Because maybe I wouldn't, maybe I don't have them. And what would my life be like? Um, so being present in that moment and saying, you know, what if I didn't have it? So I'm grateful I do have it. Um, and the other one is not taking advantage of the relationships that you do have. So I, I love this card that I have in this set called Relationship Repair. And it's not about just repairing broken relationships. It's literally going through your phone. And this is what I do. I want to pick up my phone and I, you know, want to try to use it less, but I'm going to pick it up anyways. I think, what can I do with it? What's What can I do that's important for me? So I go literally go through WhatsApp and I reach out to people that I haven't messaged for a long time. And I'm like, hey, how are you? And someone goes, I just had a really bad day. Thanks for just saying that. Or, um, oh, I'd love to meet you. It's been ages. Let's have a coffee. And it's, or I saw on Instagram that your kid did this. How sweet. Or um, genuine comments. Doesn't have to be a paragraph. But it's relationship connection, relationship repair, not taking advantage of those. And I think when we're younger too, we're like, oh my God, so I'm so busy. Well, everyone's busy. You're not the only one. Reach out, make the time and strengthen the relationships that you do have. 100%. I also find that, you know, like when someone says, oh, I find it so annoying when my husband does this. Is it what your husband is doing or is it you? Is it, you know, it's coming from within you. It's it's not so much them because it doesn't bother them. It bothers you, right? So, yeah. so how do you deal with that situation? You know, when something that, you know, your husband does or your kids do and you find it annoying, how can you deal with that to sort of not let it, I guess, irritate you. Maybe accept that it does irritate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. depend, I mean so, this is a very sad uh, situation. I mean, sad um, example, but someone said that their husband's snoring used to drive them crazy and they didn't sleep for like years. Then their husband passed away. It was a friend of someone, someone. And um, she was like, I wish that just didn't annoy me as much as it did because I'd rather have it than not have him at all. So that's the extreme situations where you can sometimes take yourself out of and say, okay, why am I so annoyed? What can I do? Sometimes you can't help your spouse from snoring. I mean, get medication, get nose clip. I don't know. Do what you got to do. <laughs> but, but also, is it really a bigger deal, this bigger deal? And what? how else can I spend my time thinking about what's annoying me? Yeah. I definitely always think about when I'm complaining about my wonderful husband because he is wonderful in so many ways. It's like, okay, exactly what you said. All the great things he does, they dwarf this one little thing that drives me crazy. And I have to remember that, that it's not, these are not all on equal footing, right? His flaws and his and his amazing benefits are not equal. The flaws yeah. are tiny, the benefits are many. And I have to remember that the scale of what makes me upset or unhappy is so small compared to what makes me happy and secure. Correct. Obviously, a healthy mind is a happy mind. So what sort of techniques or strategies do you use to sort of keep your mind and your body fit? Mm, for the mind, I think it's that daily intention before getting out of bed. It's gratitude every night. Um, it's meditation, exercise, daily exercise. I love to exercise. I mean, I hate it when I'm in the gym, but I love it after. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Feeling fit, yeah. So the meditation and the exercise. Um, I always struggle, I think, with my, my body. I think, Amanda, I talked to you about this a while ago. Um, that relationship with my body. But I think entering the 40s, I've got what I've got. I'm healthy. <laughs> you know, blood work is great. All that's, again, what's most important. So I think the relationship with my body has also changed in my 40s. Um, I'm doing the things that I know are good. Exercise, meditation, eating as well as I can. I'm being more mindful about my relationship with food. That's an interesting one. I mean, you guys are 
experts in this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, taking time to eat more mindfully, think about what I'm putting in my body, how much alcohol I'm consuming, caffeine, things like that, which weren't as important in my 20s and 30s. Yeah. And I love that you put exercise in the mental health bin, mm-hmm. right? It's not, we don't separate out exercise as only something that contributes to oh, our physical yeah. health. Oh my God, That yes. exercise, and you mentioned with your kids, exercising outdoors, that's a huge family value for us as well. Yeah. We get our kids outdoors and active every single day. Not yes. a day goes by. Yes. And even, you know, even if it's a rainy day, right? We dance in the rain. And oh, that's, amazing. that's what we do in our backyard. <laughs> it's a very, you know, it's not very glamorous, <laughs> but they love it. Sounds you know? awesome. My son's in a bucket. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that exercise as a mental health practice Oh, yeah. needs a little bit more PR. Yes, oh, <laughs> you're like, so right. You know that needs to the, the six pack ripping abs get a lot of it got a lot of headlines, but the mental health benefits of it get none. That's the because that's science. Like no one like we only see what we see. You go to the gym and you're going to be skinny. Oh, I want to be skinny. I want to lose weight. But no one says if you exercise, this is the science. This is what's happening internally in your brain. If we did that, we'd be much more inclined to go to the gym, not just for look, you know, our physical appearance. Yeah, the most powerful. Powerful and most underutilized antidepressant is exercise. And that's science, guys. Check that one. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Fact check me. (laughs) Sharina, it has been absolutely wonderful to have you here. Um, Before we wrap up the conversation today, we do want to ask you one last question. And that is, what is your 40s formula? What sort of advice or mantra, philosophy, whatever it is, would you like to give our listeners about being in your 40s and owning it, I guess? I thought about this question, uh, which you did ask prior, and um, I just thought about this quote. So it's, you get what you work for, not what you wish for. I love Mm, that. Speaks to me, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what I heard on another podcast. Um, And I've stolen it, and I say it all the time. (laughs) And um, it's, it's true that, you know, when we're young, we wish for so many things. We wish for that perfect thing and we wish and we want and, you know, our kids blow candles out on a birthday cake wishing for things or going to bed at night wishing. And I'm like, it, it's not that, guys. It's not that anymore. You're not going to get anything by wishing and praying and hoping. But you will get it if you work for it. You know, the grade in school, ah, to be happier, the promotion. You will if you work. So you get what you work for, not what you wish for. And as I transition to the next phase, your 40s, 50s, 60s, hopefully on and on, um, you can give more effort and more intention and more mindfulness to the things that you want. It's harder when you're giving birth, worrying about schools and all that kind of stuff. Um, You can give more priority to it, I think, at this stage in life. So you get what you work for, not what you wish for. So put in the effort, whether it's to be happier, be more fit, strengthen relationships within your family, whatever it may be, um, you'll get it if you work for it. That's amazing. That's such great advice. And, you know, hopefully we'll all take that on board and sort of work towards what we want and just go out there and get it. So thank you so much again, Sharina. It has been incredible. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is Paul, our editor. He's a 25-year-old unmarried Singaporean guy listening to the ramblings of 12 older women on everything from menopause to weightlifting to sex. Paul, what's your thoughts on today's conversation? I'm naturally a pessimist when it comes to thinking about outcomes. So, you know, I'm currently in my mid-20s and hell, I don't actually know what exactly I'll be doing in life as a whole. But hey, thanks for the reminder that, you know, it's important to stay healthy. And I love your quote where you mentioned, if you're happy, you'll try. So thank you for the reminder. Peace, love and... I'll catch you guys at the next one. See y'all. 
Before we go, please remember to hit subscribe and take a moment to support The 40s Formula by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews will help us to reach more people and allow us to continue to bring valuable content. It should only take a moment and it's a free way for you to support the show. You can also stay updated with The 40s Formula by following us on Instagram at The 40s Formula, all one word. We share behind the scenes insights, episode updates and much more. So please be sure to hit that follow button. We appreciate your time and support. Thank you for being part of this community. And we'll be back next week for more empowering conversations with inspiring guests. Bye. Bye. So my, my parents are American. Yeah. They don't understand that like here, because you know Americans drink like drip coffee, yeah. right? And we drink coffee with cream. That's like kind of how it's done. And they like can't understand why they go anywhere here and they yeah. order a coffee with cream and the, and the person's like, what? a long black, a flat white? Yeah. 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 And they're like, exactly. no, I don't even know what those words are. I yeah. just want a cup of coffee. Yeah, and yeah. then they get the coffee and it's like this big. Yeah. You know, like because Americans are like, we're used to like 20 yeah, ounce coffee. Like, so yeah, so I said, mom, I'm like, just go to Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have the thing you need. Yeah. Like nowhere oh. else. <laughs> they like, they just, yeah, they're just like, the coffee they gave us was this big and it was seven fifty, and I was like, I know. Yeah, that's Singapore. Seven fifty for a small little coffee. Yeah, and it's an espresso, so it's got like fifty milligrams of caffeine. Yeah, and, and going hit the spot. And then your yeah. and then your mum's like getting ready for the high rocks with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, this is amazing. Oi.